0: Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In, to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. Perhaps you've been hijacked today. Perhaps you've been hijacked in this last week. Somebody did something, said something, didn't say something, didn't do something, and it triggered you into a place of fear, self-doubt, worry, rumination, or perhaps it spilled out into ugly behavior, stonewalling, or defensiveness. If that's the case, have no fear. Jesus is here. (laughs) He is our emotionally intelligent mentor in life, my friends. It's amazing how many times I think I've passed an earth school class, and shazam, I am re-enrolled again. And, And really, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, we get triggered, and how quickly, really? How quickly can we recover? And th- and that's our growth. Dear God, help me to recover quicker today than yesterday. And my ability, when I do get spun, to come back to you, and to surrender it all to you, and to seek your wisdom. How do you want me to respond in this situation? What's mine? What's someone else's? We're doing a series this Lent, and even if you're listening to this and it's outside of the Lenten season, no worries; it still applies. As a follower of Christ and a human being, we're going through four idols that Jesus wants to drive out in your life. And we have covered two of them so far, and we are jumping into the third idol. So if you haven't already done so, you don't have to listen to the other podcast to be able to follow us along today. However, if you want the fuller teaching experience in this area being free from those Idols that restrict our freedom and that hold us captive to our emotions in many different ways, then then please visit us at edgegodin.com and start with the podcast for idols that Jesus wants to drive out of your life in order to set you free. And then the first idol we covered was insecurity, how to be free from the idol of insecurity. The second, we covered attachment, how to be free from the idol of attachment. And today, we jump into the third idol, how to be free from the idol of pride. Now, all four of the idols that were talked about in the first podcast, the four idols Jesus wants to drive out of your marketplace, as we spoke about, Jesus went into the marketplace and and took whips and cords and drove things out to bring back a pure connection with God. And he desires to do the same for us, my friends. And pride is definitely linked to insecurity as well as attachments. Yet, it's also a fuel for insecurity and attachments. So let's jump in. Sweet Jesus, we just thank you for the opportunity to explore this one idol that it was the downfall of Satan and was the downfall of Adam and Eve, their need to know. It's the pride that causes us to stumble in life. And it has many different faces, Lord. So wake us up in the area of pride. Give us the grace to be able to be sifted. We give you permission to sift us. Go into our castle. We give you every key inside the house and clean out every area that is being fueled by pride. In fact, Lord, we ask for your strength to consider the thoughts we're entertaining during the day. And to ask ourselves, is this thought fueled by humility or fueled by pride. Give us the grace to be more humble today than yesterday, because you oppose the proud and give grace to the humble. May the words in my mouth, meditations in my heart, give glory to you, Lord, with everyone you're gathering today, who's listening in today, or perhaps joining us at a later date. I pray that you'd move their hearts closer to you, because I know it's your love for them that will set them free. Remind them of how loved and adored they are right where they're at. In Jesus' name we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Edge God in Podcast is the voice of the Emotional Intelligence in Christ project. If you haven't visited us over there, please come and join our community at Emotional Intelligence in Christ. Dot com. You'll find all sorts of educational materials with the goal of drawing you closer to God's love and setting you free from those emotional highs and lows in life, giving you the grace to discern and manage them in a way that honors God. And it, it is a job for Jesus, my friends, as you know. <laughs> Gets a little crazy out there in Animal Planet. Visit us at, at EmotionalIntelligenceInChrist.com. Explore the six-week study guide, the original Emotional Intelligence in Christ book that actually has two assessments in it to discern how you're wired, as well as with the Holy Spirit, how to be uh, the boss of that with Christ so you don't get hijacked into fear, self-doubt, and worry. We also have a course if you're looking for an educational experience. We've got the Emotional Intelligence in Christ course, available, and six-week study guide, of course. There there are many groups out there that are taking that six-week study guide and are working their way through it. So keep going, my friends, because our society, and we are a part of that, is very vulnerable to offense these days and therefore emotional hijackings. Along with identity hijackings. And we're seeing it quite a bit. So take back that power. Stress is the power you give to outside circumstance to define what you believe you're capable of handling successfully. So today we are focusing on how to be free from the idol of pride. At the end of today's podcast, you will learn 33 ways you know you're hijacked. 33 ways you know you are hijacked by the idol of pride. And three remedies to set yourself free. James four six through seven. Pride. God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. Proverbs sixteen eighteen through nineteen. Pride goes before a fall. Why? We exchange the glory of God for human advancement. Basically, all pride is is selfishness expressed. Pride is selfishness expressed. With all the podcasts, I wanted to preface this. At edgegodin.com, you're going to you're going to have a couple different resources there. One of them is a one sheet to capture your learnings and many small groups are are doing small group edgegarden Bible studies, which is wonderful to hear. Very excited about that. Keep that going. This is an awesome uh, five podcast study that you can Take and go with as well. There's that one sheet that captures the learnings that allows you to speak about it, encourage one another, and what you're learning. And on today's podcast specifically, I also created a document that contains the 33 ways you know you're hijacked by pride. So don't worry about writing these all down. Just go to edgegodin.com, look up the podcast "How to Be Free from the Idol of Pride," and you will see it under Resources from today's podcast. And just download that, print that out, and. Put that puppy on the wall because the Holy Spirit will definitely want to do some work there, as He's doing in my life, just saying. So we have 33 ways to know that we are hijacked by pride. As I'm reading through this list, lean in. Where do you recognize yourself? There are lots of different areas that you might think, oh, I didn't even know that that was pride. As we said in today's prayer, opening prayer. What if we make it our practice, and this might be your one takeaway, think of one to three things that you want to, that the Holy Spirit is moving you to draw you closer to God's love, because that's what sets us free, my friends. That's what did it for me at 17. I was totally hijacked by the world. Once I received how much God loved me, I never went back, and he loves and adores you right where you're at. Perhaps someone just suggested this podcast to you. Perhaps this is your first time here. May your one big takeaway be, God adores you right where you're at and loves you enough not to leave you there. And so he's always wanting to set us free from these things, these idols that imprison us. And this is one of them. Pride is a big one. We can go many different ways with pride. I was moved to focus on 33 ways to know that you're hijacked by pride. So let's look at this first before we explore the three remedies to free ourselves from this. Now, understanding God opposes the proud, and pride goes before a fall. So I don't know about you, but I don't want God to oppose me, and I don't really have any interest in falling these days. (laughs) So let's give this our attention here as we jump in, remembering that pride is selfishness expressed. First one, I know I'm prideful when I demand you see things the way I see them. Two, I know I'm prideful when I refuse to consider the needs of others over my own. And I'm just going to read through this list. Like I said, go to edgegotin.com, look up this podcast, and you can print this out on your own. But I'm just going to read through the list for the sake of time. When I hold a grudge, desire to see setbacks in other people's lives that I envy or compare myself to secretly rejoice in your downfalls. I know I'm prideful when I refuse to forgive you and forget what you owe me for the pain you caused me. I know I'm prideful when I demand my own way, that you love me the way I want to be loved, that you listen to me a certain way. When I'm demanding, that demanding spirit is actually linked to the rebellious spirit. When I want what you have, I refuse to own my part in arguments and confrontations. I know I'm prideful when I refuse to ask for your forgiveness, when I demand that you respect me, accept me, understand me. I know I'm prideful when I judge you for doing life differently from me. I know I'm prideful when I resent you, I envy you, I mind read and make assumptions rather than coming to you directly to get clarity. I'll create story and live in that story, cast myself in, on the stage in that story as a mind reading and making assumptions. All flows from selfishness and pride, which by the way, insecurity is linked to pride. Many people will say, well, how so? Because when you place your security in anything but God, pride takes the center stage. That's ego, edging God out. I, I don't I don't trust God, so I'm going to create my own sense of security here. I'll start mind reading, making assumptions. And then I know I'm prideful when I tell someone else's story. That's gossip. When I'm insecure, when I have attachments, and that was our, our second podcast or a third podcast in this series. Anytime I have an attachment, we learned about attachments in last, last week's podcast, an attachment is an emotional state of clinging due to the belief that without it, you can't be happy feel successful, feel secure, feel that you have worth and value. And there was a fun exercise in that podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one, check that one out, How to Be Free from the Idol of Attachment. So I know I'm prideful when I have attachments that I'm devoted to more than God. I know I'm prideful when I refuse to humble myself, when I refuse to give you the last word, when I refuse to be the first to apologize. I know I'm prideful when I doubt God is trustworthy. That was the garden scene. Is God withholding from me? He must be withholding something from me. That's pride. I know I'm prideful when I doubt God has my back and will work out everything for an ultimate good. I know I'm prideful when I play the victim, accuse a villain, or play helpless. These are all three stories we tell ourselves in Crucial Conversations, which is an excellent program. conflict resolution, just saying. I love teaching that to the groups that I work with. When you play the victim, villain, or the helpless story, that is fueled by pride and not faith. I'm the victim. And so therefore, if I'm the victim, there has to be a villain. It's your fault. And there's nothing I can do about it. All flows from pride. I know I'm prideful when I feel people owe me something, respect, money, time, attention, acceptance. I know I'm prideful when I want you to think the way that I think, feel the way I feel. I know I'm prideful when I refuse to come under the authority of someone else in leadership, usually fueled by jealousy, by the way, in comparison. I know I'm prideful when I can't rejoice in the success of others over my own. I know I'm prideful when I have a spirit of rebellion. Stubbornness is part of that. I know I'm prideful when I catastrophize into the future, which is referred to in neuroscience as bottom-up thinking. When we're in bottom-up thinking, and that's it coming from the primal brain or animal planet zone, I call it, that's when you only have three reactive choices to life, fight, flight, or freeze. And in those restricted choices, You have all types of of below-the-line or lights-off behavior. One of them is catastrophizing. We've also mentioned mind-reading. Fortune-telling is another one. You start worry is a story you tell yourself about something in the future, and it's believing that something in the future is going to happen, and you're not giving mind to the fact that God's already there, so there's nothing to worry about. So catastrophizing means that you have that, oh, my gosh, the worst is going to happen and it's not based in faith, and it comes from the pride side of things, thinking that God really doesn't have your back. I know I'm prideful when I judge others, anytime I judge a human being, and that goes back to the practice, and perhaps this is your one takeaway today. Hey, how about in the next 24 hours, when you're awake, ask the Holy Spirit to help you have high noticing around what you're thinking And watch as many thoughts as you can, and when the thought brings up an emotion, particularly a negative emotion, ask yourself, is this thought fueled by pride or humility? Just do a personal inventory. Clarity of focus leads to accuracy of response. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what thoughts are fueled by pride in my day, dear God, and I give you permission to help me to pause before I speak or act on that thought. Is it fueled by humility or is it fueled by pride? I know I'm prideful when I have all or nothing thinking that fuels fear, self-doubt, or worry. That's bottom-up thinking in neuroscience as well. I know I'm prideful when I have a bad attitude in the midst of undesirable circumstances, when I don't get my way. Boy, I, I have tons of stories of that in marriage because I'm very stubborn and my husband knows that and so when When I want to do something a certain way, that's when it comes out, and that pride is driving my behavior. And if he tries to thwart me or get in my way, that's when some of that animal behavior, animal planet behavior will will come out. And it's usually in the in the area of I'm more of a fighter. So I'll jump in and start bantering back and forth or debating his conclusions, uh, things like that. What's it, for you? I know I'm prideful when I have a bad attitude in the midst of undesirable circumstances, when I don't get my way. Do you have a bad attitude today? Is there something that hasn't worked out the way you wanted it to? Pride. Give Jesus the invitation to come in and break that up and bring you back to humility. I know I'm prideful when I need to understand and know in order to trust God. And this is the last one. And for me, this is the most powerful one, because when we place that ultimatum, I can trust you, God, as long as what? I can trust you, God, as long as when I went through advanced cancer and divorce, as long as I know I'm, I'm not going to leave my mom without a, my my ch- my three children, 8, 10, and 12, without a mom, then I'll trust you. If I know I'm going to get through this, then I'll trust you. Really? <laughs> What kind of trust is that? God wants all of us. And so I had tons of setbacks during the 14 surgeries, the two years of chemo, six weeks of daily radiation, MRSA staph infections, and flatlining two times and finding more cancer. I prayed many times for, for something to turn out the way I wanted it to, and it didn't. And so my pride is what caused the insecurity and the fear when I trusted God, no matter what, I choose to trust you, God, even though I don't know how this is going to turn out. I choose to trust you, God, even though I don't understand this. This does not make sense. I don't drink. I don't smoke. This doesn't make sense to me. And I choose to trust you. And I'll end with 2 Chronicles 7.14, which is at the bottom of this list. If my people, that's us, you guys, all of us, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will i hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land second chronicles 7:14 i don't know about you but i want god to heal our land heal the divisions heal the strife heal the pain heal the hurt if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Perhaps we'll do a podcast on that when we're done with this series, because there are some there's some good sound bites in that um, for ap- for applicability and, and applying to our to our behavior. So let's talk a little bit about uh, a story here that I think I heard this the other week and really it stuck with me. So I'm going to share it with you. And this is a story from Mother Teresa that um she was being interviewed on a plane one time and she started to talk about, about the work that God was doing in her life and she started to feel pride coming up taking taking um uh credit for some of the work. she and, and that's another form of pride. I don't have it on the list, but just came to me. But taking credit for the work that God has done. Maybe I'll add that before I pop it up there. But that's a big one, is when, when you start to take credit for the amazing work that God's doing in your life, that's pride. And so Mother Teresa felt that that was happening. And so she excused herself from the interview and actually went back to the bathroom on the plane and cleaned the whole bathroom, started to clean and scrub the floors in the bathroom. And then returned to the interview. And when she was asked about that, she said, I felt pride coming up, so I chose to humble myself. How many of us do that? We, first of all, we've got to recognize pride first, which is why, why I was moved to make that list of 33 ways. There's more, believe me, tons more. However, print that sheet out and circle what God wants to work on in your life. And... um And invite the Holy Spirit to do for you what he did for Mother Teresa, bump you and let you know, Lord, I do not want to speak, think, or act unless I am under your authority, unless I am humble and I can allow you to get the glory. And I don't need to compare myself to other people. I don't need to to be worried about the future because you're there. I don't need to be anxious about tomorrow because you're there. And you promise to never leave me or forsake me, and you'll always be with me. Let's shift and end our podcast with three remedies to pride. First one, confess your faults and humble yourself before God. Print out that list, highlight the ones where you're like, guilty, guilty. These are all coming from my life. And <laughs> Just a little vulnerability there. So what is it for you? And again, this, these are just su- suggested areas that I'm that I've recognized that that are fueled by pride. I know I'm hijacked by pride when these things happen. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you as well. But the first remedy is to confess your faults in the area of pride. Lord, I am so uh, sorry that I refuse to forgive this person for the pain they caused me. Help me to do it, and help me to do it well. Lord, I, I'm I'm sorry for playing the victim. Life that that doesn't serve anyone, and um, there's an article by the way, if you haven't read it already, called Eight Ways to Throw a Successful Pity Party because if you're going to throw one, it might as well be good. And it's an article I put out, I think, about eight years ago Eight Ways to Throw a Successful Pity Party. uh, Lauren E. Miller, you can look that up and have fun reading that. However, the area of victimization, Lord, I'm sorry for playing the victim, I don't have to play the victim, you've got my back and you are a just God, and you'll take care of it. If there's anything you want me to do in terms of having a crucial conversation, I know that you'll move me to do it, but forgive me for that. So number one remedy, confess the pride as quickly as possible. I just felt that this morning, I was literally, this is kind of a small thing, but I was walking the dogs, and you're supposed to pick up the dog poop, right, in this one particular area, and I was seeing like a ton of dog poop that people didn't pick up. So instantly, I saw it and I was about to say to my husband, can you believe these people don't pick up the dog poop? (laughs) This is just a small example, but you can add anything to that. Can you believe these people are doing this? How many times do we say that, right? All pride. And I'm, I'm really working on that practice of allowing the Holy Spirit to catch my thoughts, literally catch my thoughts, and put them through the filter. Is this thought fueled by pride or humility? If it's fueled by pride, don't speak. Don't act on it. And so I was silent. And um, I just started thanking God uh, for my life. And if there's anything that he wanted me to do, and at times he's told me to actually pick up the poop, by the way, that's a little side note of other people's dogs. And there you go. God's ways are not our ways. So confess your faults and humble yourself before God. Um, That's from Brother Lawrence, by the way. And Johnny Erickson Tata has a wonderful book called The Practice of the Presence of Jesus based on Brother Lawrence's book, Practice the Presence of God, and that's that's a quote from from that book as well as um, Brother Lawrence's work. Confess your faults and humble yourself before God. Number one remedy to pride. Number two remedy to pride is look for opportunities to serve God and to overcome selfishness. Look for opportunities to serve God and overcome selfishness. Um, James 4:10. Humble yourselves before God, and He will lift you up daily. Humble yourself before God and he will lift you up. Jesus in, in the Gospels uh, speaks about this as well in Luke 4, 14, 8, when he talks about, hey, when you go to a party, don't take the highest seat of honor, take the lowest, because then you'll be asked to move up. And it's a humble posturing. And Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And he witnessed that for us when he washed the disciples' feet. So look for. The lowest place and allow God allow God to bump you up in life. And, and when you take that lowest seat and, and you and you, and you do what you do with excellence and humility, God takes you amazing places, my friends. Under that umbrella of look for opportunities to serve God and others to overcome selfish, selfishness, offer generous assumptions to people. See people for who they desire to be, rather than how their behavior shows up. I believe that was Saint Teresa of Avila. Offer generous assumptions because don't you desire that people do that for you? Sometimes I'll talk about the brain and some neuroscience and 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 um, particularly the area of how the brain is wired. And one of the things that we get tossed into is something called halts, which is when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or sick. I add the S on the end of that one. You're compromised. And so you might be hangry, right? That happens to me. When my blood sugars, <laughs> when my blood sugar levels drop, you do not want to be around me uh, because you, you're, you're going to see an ugly side come out, right? And God's even worked with me in that area and to take accountability for that as well rather than let people know your motives up front. Hey, I haven't had anything to eat here. It's my intention to be kind. And I apologize if my voice sounds short or I'm snappy. I didn't sleep at all last night. So there's ways to to speak about generous assumptions for yourself and to offer them to other people. But look for opportunities to serve God and others to overcome selfishness. A really cool verse is Philippians 2, 3 through 5. One of my favorites, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Nothing. Nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider the needs of others better than your own. Look not to your own interests, but the interest of others, and let the same mind of Christ be yours. We have the mind of Christ, and so we got to just get out of the way, my friends, and allow him to think through us. That's a prayer. Dear God, think through me today so that my behavior makes you recognizable. So Philippians, and again, all of these verses will be at, will be added to the podcast. Um, but Philippians two, three through five. Third remedy: practice with the help of the Holy Spirit. All these things we can't do anything without God. Emotional intelligence in Christ—the definition is is to the activation of the Holy Spirit within you to help you discern and manage your emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God. The Holy Spirit is in us to activate that ability. So ask for it. Ask, seek, knock. Holy Spirit, give me the grace and the ability to rejoice in the success of others over my own. This is a prayer I've shared in many different podcasts that God, was a shower epiphany. I asked him, how do you want me to pray when I was caught up with the whole fame game over a decade ago? And he placed this prayer in my heart. Start praying for the success of others over your own. And the grace to be able to rejoice in their success over your own. And so that's that's a constant prayer, When you can make your own. It definitely overcomes pride. And part of that, practicing the help of the Holy Spirit to rejoice in the success of others over our own, part of that process is to think of ways to encourage people around you into successful outcomes in their life. You're here to make God recognizable and to help people through life. So ask God, what is my give back project today that I can use my gifts and talents to support and help another human being today, to help them lighten the load that they're going through? And there's tons of scriptures, my friends, on encouraging one another. First Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build one another up, just as in fact you're doing. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, only, this is again, just like Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit ephesians four nineteen says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful this is a job for jesus only what is helpful to build others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen hebrews 10 24 and 25 let us consider that means think on meditate on consider how we may encourage one another on toward love and good deeds this is all a remedy to pride it's not about me, God. I'm here for you to help other people. So use my gifts and talents to do so. And 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 uh, our greatest joy in life comes in the measure through which we serve. You know that to be true. Think of the last time you did a random act of kindness for someone. Remember how that felt. This is the economy, God's economy, not the world's economy. This is God's economy. Less of me, dear God, more of you. Saint John the Baptist prayer, Hebrews ten twenty five. Let us consider how we may encourage one another on toward good deeds, encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. It's getting dark out there, my friends. Let's up the encouragement to people around us, as well as our own encouragement. Perhaps you're hijacked by negative thoughts. I know when I was going through advanced cancer, I just constantly had that fear of dying and leaving my children without a mom. And so it was a constant prayer. Dear God, encourage my mind so I can be an encouragement to my my children. And he would gently and kindly remind me that my future was in his hands and there was nothing to fear. Psalm 91 was the psalm I read almost every night for two years going through all the treatment. First Thessalonians 5.14, encourage the disheartened, help the weak. Be patient, my friends, with everyone. Be patient with yourself. You're going through a rough time, be patient, be kind. It's okay, God sees you. He knows what you're going through and he'll give you the grace to get through it. James 2.17, faith by itself without action is dead. We are called to, to, to look for ways to, to practice with the help of the Holy Spirit, how to encourage other people. So, summon it up, which you know I'm a big fan of, the three remedies. You have the 33 lists of, of I know I'm prideful when, and these are three remedies. One, confess your faults in the area of prideful behavior. Two, take the lowest seat metaphorically speaking in life and physically as you serve God and others. Three, rejoice in the success of others over your own and encourage and build up the people around you. I'll end again with Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, may it be so. Forgive our sins and heal our land. Give us the grace to be humble before you, and and take us by the hand. Help us to, to allow humility to guide our path humble ourselves before you. Give us that grace, Jesus, more today than yesterday. Give him heaven out there, my friends. Enjoy your gift of life. And next podcast, we will jump into the fourth and the last idol that we will cover in this series, how to be free from the idol of greed. There's no one greedy out there, right? Hmm. That'll make you think. Give him heaven, light up the world, You're Christ's ambassador. Do something kind for someone today. God bless you.